0: this is phil mccracken
1: and this is the dummy room this is the big time girly this is rock and roll
0: This, party. this is the happiest day of my life. Hey, pizza! <laughs> you're immature. You can't do a single thing by yourself. You're a spastic nerve bag all the time.
2: You guys
1: are not that dumb.
3: Hey, everybody, you're in the Dummy Room. I'm Jody Have not, joined, as always, by Mr. Nate Demmel. Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, man. How's it going?
2: It's going pretty good. Right on. Um, dude, there's a crazy lightning storm. I was coming in tonight. And it's like the whole sky is just lit up with lightning everywhere. It's nuts. Yeah, I think we'll be okay, but crazy, crazy weather. It's supposed to hail and shit, but. Oh, man. That shit's <laughs> scary, man. Yeah, I don't like the hail. Um, oh, fuck some shit up. Fence the car up, man. Yeah, bust
3: your windows out, all kinds of shit. That's
2: never happened to me.
3: It's never happened to me either, but I've seen it happen to other people
2: yeah 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 so i like you know when it hails and it looks like it's fucking snow on the ground <laughs> yeah and you go out there and you're grabbing like the like the biggest one you can find yeah and for some reason you always put it in the freezer exactly. like you want to save it like why Why do you do that like i, I, I have mean, I one hoping, in my freezer right now do you really okay good because yeah. i thought maybe i was crazy and maybe i was the only guy that did that like me and my brother always did that growing up yeah but then um i think my daughter did it a few years back you know we had a huge one and yeah, but you got one, huh? That's cool. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Every time it hails it, I think of grim deeds. <laughs>
2: uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, so last two episodes, we got to spend with Philip Hill, which was super cool. Dude, Philip's such a nice guy. Yeah, it's
3: super cool, dude. And amazing stories. And we just scratched the surface with that guy.
2: Yep. Yep. So he'll come back, I think. Yeah. Um but tonight episode 68 and we're going to be talking to uh Kurt Baker. Everybody knows Kurt from yeah. of course we 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 love the leftovers, but um he's done so much shit, you know. Yeah, he's in uh he's in the K7s, stuff. he's in the is the the Kurt Baker Combo, the Kurt Baker Band. Um yeah. So he's he's been
3: around. Yeah, he's made a lot of great music over the years, you know what I mean? with a lot of different people and i still fall back on the leftovers though man you can't i i don't know i was way yeah. way, way into those guys back in the day
2: they're they're one of those bands that you know they weren't huge obviously they're kind of like the jetty boys like everybody knows them they should have been fucking huge but for whatever reason right you know I wrong in, time. Our, in
3: our little bubble man they're pretty legendary at least that on the move is i think that everyone loves that shit right
2: Everybody in our
3: bubble, yeah, you know? yeah. That's like a seminal <laughs> classic record from those days. That's shit. Yeah. Like, what year did that come out? Like, uh, like two thousand what? Uh, two
2: thousand and seven, eight. I think it's yeah. seven. On uh, on the Great Rally Records, you know, I've never met Johnny Rally, but uh, that guy had a hell of a label. He yeah. put out a lot of good shit, definitely. And uh, yeah, leftovers, man. That, they were one of those. Uh, you know, right in there with the like the Ben Weasel crowd, right? Like the guts and the leftovers, and he was producing some of that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were fucking great, man. So I don't have anything else to really talk about, no, dude. Let's so let's in here, dude. Let's get. Let's to just it. do it. Let me. Uh, let's find him right now. D
0: U M M Y R O O O. Coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next,
2: coming up next, we got a guest, we got a guest, coming up next. Alright, we're here with nah, none other than Kurt Baker. How's it going, dude? Hey, what's up,
4: guys? It's great to be here in the dummy room.
2: Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, I think anybody listening, they know you or they know your name, They they know you from The Leftovers or... Uh, Kurt Baker combo, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, K sevens.
4: Oh, the K sevens. Yep, that's right. And uh, yeah, I've got a lot of bands. I can't even keep track of them myself, actually. So <laughs> that's a problem for me. I have to write. I have to write down. You know. Um, you know everything that's going on. The different. The different shows. The different bands. You know, remembering song lyrics sometimes can be a problem. I've gotten this. Is this is all my fault? I've done this to myself. But. Um, it's really fun so why not why not have a bunch of bands or have played in some bands and you know i can't i can't say no that's my problem people are always like hey you want to play bass you want to want to write some songs and i'm like yeah why not (laughs) because i don't like saying no that that's actually gotten me into a lot of trouble too but not in bands or anything
2: (laughs) Well, thanks for being here, dude. I know you're you're like on vacation, you're back in the states for just a couple of weeks and I'm sure you got lots of family, lots of friends, but uh, you obviously have priorities. Us. And um, Of course. No, just this, appreciated- is, this is a pleasure,
4: <laughs> man. No, I'm I I'm really happy to uh, have have had the opportunity to do this and and it's it makes it a lot easier being over here in the states and I know you guys are on on the Central Standard Time, and I'm on the Eastern Standard Time, so that's only an hour difference, which makes it perfect. Because if I was in, if I was in Europe, then it, we're talking a difference mm-hmm. of seven hours. So, right. I, I, if we were gonna do this uh, conversation at ten o'clock your time, it would be like something like five o'clock or something in the morning in Spain. But I usually stay up that late anyway. So, well, anyway, <laughs> I, it's just good to be here.
2: Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Hey, hey, Kurt, how'd you end up in Spain anyways?
4: Well, um, it's kind of like, it's an interesting story. I mean, I had been uh, touring over there since since The Leftovers. The Leftovers toured there um, in 2007 and then again in 2009. And it was amazing. We were kind of blown away by it because we had been touring a little bit in Europe, in, in Holland, France, England... And it was it was really cool because we're like, whoa, there are people that know about us over here, uh, and so it was great. You know, that's a great ex- feeling to know that people are listening to you not j- outside of like you know the United States. Um, but when we crossed into Spain, man, like every show that we played, there were a lot more people than the other gigs, and they all knew our records and they were singing along to every song um, and. Uh, It was just, it was amazing. And then uh, on top of that, you have great food, great wine, great looking people, you know. So uh, (laughs) it just is like a magical little place. And so then when, after the the leftovers uh, stopped, I kind of continued to to play. And I went back there almost every year. So like from 2010 to 2013, I went every year to, to at least tour in Spain, sometimes France. And, uh, and so about about like 2013 I was kind of getting a little uh, discouraged a little tired of just living in Maine um, and and you know it was great playing around here but the, you know it, it's difficult and uh, and I wanted to change I wanted to change the the change of scenery I was thinking about Boston thinking about New York maybe Nashville Los Angeles I had I have friends and I still still have a, a lot of great you know Friends and connections in those cities that I've I've, and I've always had a great time going there, but like you know, living there—New York City, um, LA—you know—it's they're expensive towns, and uh, so I was going through my options, and and it happened to be that I was in Spain that summer of 2013, and uh, what happened was was that I I lost my flight, I missed my flight. They like it was a difference of like. Ten minutes or so, I got to the airport and they were like, Oh I went in line." and They said the the flight is canceled or they're closed. Closed. They didn't cancel the flight. I just missed it, and uh, <laughs> so I, I had to stay. I had to stay in Spain for two days because the next flight to Boston it was two days later. Luckily, like um, what happened, I guess the 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 airport was understaffed, so I was able to get a ticket back. So it wasn't really my fault that I was a little late. And uh, in those two days, I got to actually explore Madrid um and and hang out around there for more than just playing a show and then leaving to the next town and I had been thinking about living in Spain and living in Madrid, but those two days that I had to really like get to know the city more really you know sealed the deal so um so after that I, I decided to try and save up some money. I'm horrible at saving money, but I somehow <laughs> did it and uh, and I moved to Spain and that was in December 2013 and And so now I've been there for almost six years, and, yeah, it's still still pretty awesome. That's
3: awesome. Is it weird when you come back to the States now since you've been gone so long?
4: Well, I do come back. uh, I try to get back at least once a year. So, I mean... But it, 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 there are some things that are still kind of like weird, a little shocking. Like, for example, today I went into the post office and uh, there was this dude that just didn't have his shirt on and he's trying to mail a letter and he's <laughs> like, oh, I need to get some more stamps. I don't have enough stamps. And I'm like, I don't know what's weird, like this guy not having enough stamps or the fact that he doesn't have a shirt on. And like the <laughs> postal employees are not there. It's not like a big deal or anything. But like in Spain, I would never see anyone without a shirt at the post office and i just was thinking that's kind of weird i mean i know if i was still living in the states it probably wouldn't be that weird but i mean i don't know that was strange you know
2: yeah i went to uh i went to the post office today and there was a fucking guy standing right when you walk in the door he had his hands on his hips and he had a shirt on with an arrow pointing to his dick and it said don't look down oh my god and I swear to God, it took everything I had not <laughs> to, to look, not down. look down. But oh, he was man. just fucking eyeballing me the whole time. I
4: it, think he really so wanted you to he look really down. wanted to see your eyes on
2: his <laughs> dick.
4: <laughs> the post office is a weird, weird place. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I had to work there, I might go postal. I mean, look at the stuff you got to deal with. These guys... <laughs> Not looking. You can't look down at the damn dude. He's telling you to do it with his shirt. Jesus Christ!
3: Mixed messages here. I know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I didn't even speak Spanish before I, I I moved to Spain. I was like, when I got there, I knew two words, "Hola" and "Hola." But now I'm doing all right. So yeah, yeah, it's a little bit easier now. That's called cool. that I'm Total immersion.
2: You. How do you? How do you? live day to day without you know just friends kind of teaching you everything and guiding well, you stuff yeah or?
4: you know like when i first when i first got there most of my friends and a lot of people in the punk rock scene the rock and roll scene they all speak uh english as well so that that definitely was very helpful in my first year but um i was re- i wanted to learn so like you know i i I did go to a few classes. I didn't. I didn't stay in the classes because they were like at nine o'clock in the morning. And like when I first got to Madrid, Madrid's like you know a punk rock fantasy world, or you know rock and roll place. It's like where dreams are made of for rock and roll because you have so many great uh, music venues and. And great record shops and, and always great shows going on. And, you know, that these places don't close until, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. So I get there, and I'm just, like, a kid in a candy store. But the candy's <laughs> uh, beer, and you got a ton of great music. So I'm, like, I'm up every <laughs> night till 6 a.m., and I was supposed to go to Spanish class at 9 o'clock. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. So, luckily, uh, I, I had a lot of friends uh, that that did help me out and i I started taking um, uh, a few lessons here and there. I had that app, Duolingo, which it actually is, it works pretty well for vocab and stuff. Uh, and they have a lot of different languages on that app. It's free. So that really helped me out a lot, too. And then eventually, uh, as time went on, I started picking up things because when you're in an environment like that, you, you, you kind of become a sponge. So you just are like absorbing all this information. And, and um, so, yeah, that's what they say. Like immersion is the best way to learn a language. And just out of nece- like just the bare necessity to like need- I need to go to the store and I need to buy bread and I need to figure out you know this stuff. So I've, I kind of like worked out different phrases and ways to interact with people and yeah it's it's I've been there almost 6 years I still can't speak that well but I definitely can understand almost 100%. So it's just like putting a puzzle together and and, and little by little. I'm really lazy though so it's it's going to take me longer than most you know normal people to really actually <laughs> learn how to speak Spanish properly but they they say in Spain poco a poco which means little by little which I think is a good phrase for anything in life.
3: little by little. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's a trip, though, to just like pick up and go to a whole different country and not really know the language yet. <laughs> you know, it took some balls, dude.
4: Yeah, you know, it was like I, I guess so. I mean, a lot of I remember my friends back back here in Portland, Maine, being like, "Whoa, man, that's a really big move. Are you sure you can do it?" And I think I was at a point in my life where I was like, "I really just want to keep on playing." music and i don't want to be waiting you know i don't want to play a gig every you know two months and have you know maybe 20 people come out and then you know just barely make enough money to get to pay for the gas to get back home and you know i just like when every time we'd go to europe we'd always have such a great time and the, the fans are so awesome over there not to say that there aren't you know there are amazing fans and amazing people and bands here in the states but it's just so stretched out and it's and and also on top of that like the clubs and the promoters they don't really they don't if you're a a small independent punk rock or rock and roll band you're kind of just treated just as 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 the same as as a patron as someone coming in to buy a beer except like you have the privilege to play on this shitty stage <laughs> and they're not going to give you they're not going to give you any beer they're not going to give you food or a place to stay it's just like they they feel like like you as a musician owe them the the chance to play at this at a at a dive bar but like the reality is is that you're you as a musician you're playing you're inter- you're the entertainment for that night and a lot of these clubs get off by they get well they get by by not even you know paying their bands properly but they know that there's so many bands and so many groups that need the opportunity to play they can pretty much just like get them up on the stage and pay them dirt and treat them like dirt but they know they'll have constant entertainment seven nights a week and like that kind of sucks you know if you have to deal with that every every day on tour and and you're not making any money or you're not being appreciated you know and so that was one of the 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 mo that that really motivated me to try and like get over there and and play venues and and deal with owners that were appreciative and and supported the music because i just kind of got sick and tired of doing it all the time yeah and i don't want to say that that's like that all over o- the united states because i've i've had wonderful experiences in many many different towns but the majority of times it's really difficult it's like either you know it we don't really have a middle ground in the states it's like you're an independent diy band or you're like filling like you know big venues and that's when you get treated well but if you're just like you know a smaller lesser known group it's it's tough man it's tough but you gotta keep on going so <laughs> so
3: do you think that being like basically from the u.s like kind of you get a little bit of special treatment in spain as a band
4: absolutely it absolutely does cool. and i think but but at this point um i've been there long enough where people like they know that i'm not uh, i'm I'm not from spain and they kind of know what i do so uh it's that kind of like novelty is definitely worn off luckily people are still coming out to the show so um, but starting off, definitely when the leftovers first went there and when, uh, like the, the KB band went, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something new and, and people over in Europe in Spain for sure, they love when, when foreign bands come and it's not just the States, but like England, France, there's a lot of great bands right now from France that are coming into Spain. It's right next door, but, um, but people are excited to see them because it's, it's something new and they, and they embrace all that stuff. So so, it, yeah, it, it definitely is helpful, and it helped me out when I first went got there. But now now I've been there long enough, people are like, oh, it's, oh, shit, Kurt's here again? Fuck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there should be, like, some kind of limit. Once you're there for 10 years, you're from Spain now, you know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I'd like, I'd like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> make it six, make it five, whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever, but, yeah. whatever. I think it's super cool that you had the the balls to just do it you know what I'm saying and you're still yeah doing your well thing.
4: it's it's tough it's tough too because you know you do you do miss your your family and your friends and and that really sucks and th- and again that's why it's it's great that I have the opportunity to to get back here um I mean what uh, this this summer I really looked at i found I found a plane ticket usually it, it's quite expensive to to fly to to Europe but lately I've, I've found a few really good deals. Um, flying you know Madrid to Boston and it's kind of it, it's in what I can pay for so I just take advantage of it because I, I love seeing my friends over here and spending time with my parents and my cousins and things like that so um, but you definitely do miss that and you know being so far away that's that's one of the downsides if if there are there are a few and that's one of them
2: right so how'd you hook up with the uh, the k7 guys?
4: well so um, Lewis, the singer, he, uh, he's played, uh, he's playing a lot of, yeah, shot, right. Oh, totally. Right, 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 right. And, um, and then also another group that he has is Los Reactivos. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so we used to, we've played a few shows with them and, uh, I actually, for the first time that I really like had, I I remember having a, a great conversation with Lewis was actually, um, in it was in chicago it was like uh right around the time that that weasel fest thing was supposed to happen and and all the bands like dropped off after the um south by southwest thing was screeching weasel and we were on this the weasel fest but we also dropped off and um we ended up doing the show with dan uh, and the Jetty Boys in Chicago, and Lewis had come out. He had bought tickets to to see Screeching Weasel, so luckily there was a show for him to see. So like he came out, and uh, and I met him there. But I had recognized him earlier from from shows in in Spain. So since then we've been really great friends, and uh, and he's a really great songwriter, uh, great musician. I've loved all his projects, and so when he approached me about the K7s, he's like, it's totally okay if you say no. I know you're in a ton of bands right now, but what do you think about maybe playing bass and singing some backup vocals on this record? And I was like, dude, yeah, because he sent me the songs and I was like, these are awesome. the opportunity to sing some backup vocals and also to play bass again because i hadn't been playing bass like you know i Mm -hmm. played bass in the leftovers and then um when i was living in the states i was playing bass but when i went when i moved to spain i started with guitar um so to play bass again that was a great great thing i was super excited about that and then again also um, the songs were awesome. So, so yeah, we just known each other for a really long time. And, um, and he had, he had known that I was, you know, in Madrid, he's from a town um, called Castellón. And, uh, you know, it's not that far. There's a great studio there. And so I went down and, and recorded the record with him. And we hung out. and It was great. He's, it's, it's a really, it's a really fun playing in that band. And uh, it's interesting because we've actually played in Italy more than we've played in Spain. We're, the band's based in Spain, but I think we've played like two shows in Spain and like seven or eight in Italy now. But we don't play that often. But um, but I guess uh, Italy's got uh, the Case 7s craze or something. I don't know. <laughs>
3: did you guys do Reduno, right?
4: Yeah, we did Reduno. Um, that was like two years ago, 2017. Right. And then... Yeah. And then this this past year, uh, the combo play, I think Roduno is probably like the best uh, punk rock or pop punk festival um, happening right now. It's just the oh, yeah. vibes. there are so awesome. And it's great to see everyone. Um, it reminds me a little bit about like um, like in, in sub fest, like the early days of in fest when it was still kind of a small festival. Um, and it's. Uh, it was it's always just so much fun, but it's also like great because it's an open air festival, so you know, granted if the weather's good, it's just it's really it's just a wonderful time and um I'm definitely gonna go back next year i, I I'm sure they're not gonna ask me to play because I've already played with all my bands, so but I love going, so I'm definitely I'm go I'm gonna go no matter what.
2: You haven't, uh, you haven't played with the leftovers there yeah, yet. Yeah, leftovers though. reunion, man.
4: Ah, <laughs> uh, the leftovers reunion, yeah. That's a, that's a possible possibility, you know. We always are kind of yeah. going back and forth about it. We do did.
3: It, dude, do it.
4: Uh, I know, it's just like, it's so, it, it, you know, sometimes I'm totally, like, on board for it, and then other times I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but, uh, we did do a kind of reunion, uh, like a year ago in 2017 in portland and we played like i think we played like two two songs or two or three songs i think it's on youtube actually but um but adam the drummer he wasn't there so he was in california um and so i don't know if it can count as a technic like technically as a like 100 reunion but um but me and andrew were playing so and me and andrew started the band so i guess that's that's cl- close enough for the right. moment <laughs> I think if the if the leftovers were to do a reunion, I think we'd probably just like play on the move in its entirety, and maybe a couple yeah. songs from from eager to please. But yeah, I don't like i i I wouldn't want to force <laughs> any of my I wouldn't want to force any of my new stuff on on those guys to play because I mean that was one of the reasons why the band broke up was they were kind of getting pissed that I was writing too much like poppy stuff. So yeah,
5: so <laughs> yeah,
4: so. <laughs> So I mean, I'm fine with just doing the old left or just keep them happy. I don't want to make I don't no. want to make them any more angry with me. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty fun though. I'd love to see something like that. To like Nate and I on the move is like definitely a classic album of all time. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm really I'm really proud of how that came out. Like, I have some really great memories of of recording that record and in in madison wisconsin i i was out there for um for christmas because so my uh, the majority of my family is actually from from madison so um i go out there for christmas uh and and so i was out there for christmas and um and this was like in 2006 or something um and it was and we started recording like january 2nd or something the first week of january 2007 and uh and the and andrew and and adam flew out to madison and and we recorded the album there and uh we were hanging out with my cousins and stuff and having a lot of fun um so a lot of good memories about about that record and i remember too some funny stories too about like because ben weasel was there and um yeah actually what happened with that record it was really interesting because uh Originally, On The Move was supposed to be released on um, Red Scare Records. So Toby was really interested in having us uh, put out the record. And so we had thought that that was all set and ready to go. um, And we were going to record in Chicago. And I was thinking, okay, great. Well, I'm going to be in Madison so I can go down to Chicago. And then I can meet the guys in Chicago and we can record the album down there. And then, like, about, like, literally just, like, a month before, we kind of, like, heard that actually the copyrights would be recording in Atlas Studios that week, that first week of January. And so they ended up releasing a record with Toby and recording uh, the the record in (laughs) Atlas. And so we were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? And Ben ben was like well why don't you guys record uh with justin perkins up in madison and i was like wow actually that works out perfectly because i'm gonna be in madison and uh and we put out the record with rally records who uh who put out a a 45 with us before that and we love working with with john and and we uh, we had some great times with him before that but he was totally on board to put out the the lp and, uh, yeah, so, uh, Johnny rally came out and we were hanging out with Ben. Ben was like really trying to, he wanted me to come to church with him really bad. And I was like, <laughs> no, dude, I'm not going to go to church. I'll go fishing with, I'll go ice fishing with you, dude, but I am not going to church. My mom's always trying to get me to go to church and I'm telling her no. And I don't care if you're bed weasel, I'm not going to church with you. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs>
3: What was it like working with Ben on the record, though? Was he pretty cool about everything, or what?
4: Yeah, you know, Ben was really, really uh, cool um, when we were when we were working on that record. He he had a few, like he had a lot of. He didn't actually have a lot of like input on the production, um, but he did have some ideas uh, that that were kind of cool. Um, did he come up with the I'd,
3: weasel pen lyric? Was that Ben?
4: <laughs> actually no he didn't no i i, I did that yeah but Love i didn't know yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean at that time i was like you know if you ever were to see anybody with a screeching weasel pin you'd be like well they know what's up there that's cool you know right. um so but um yeah he was just there and i think oh, as just around just for like overall like just to boost morale which is kind of you know you never think of uh Of Ben is really a a morale boosting kind of guy but for us it was like it was great because like we're like oh man you know Ben Weasel's in the studio with us and we're and he like really likes the band and we're gonna we have to we have to do this well you know we got to really do it so having him around made us like focus and and I think that really uh resulted in the the record the performances on the record being really like you know played well because we were kind of nervous but we used that nervous energy to to try and record something great and uh yeah you know it was it was really fun i do remember when uh i went back out uh to uh smart studio with andrew when the when the guts were doing a record and uh (laughs) and ben was there ben was there for that as well and uh and i i went out to like smoke a joint or something on the on the porch and uh of the studio and like i came back in and uh and jeff was playing like a lead guitar line and i was like oh jeff man that's an awesome guitar line it sounds just like the ramones and then ben (laughs) shoots me this like super like cold stare being like Kurt you think this sounds like the Ramones? And I'm like, oh, shit, what did I say? Like, oh, no. I, yeah, no, it does. I was super scared. Maybe I was just paranoid because <laughs> I just smoked a joint. But I don't know. Now, that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that. I mean, that was the only yeah. moment that we had in those two sessions where I was like, oh, man, Ben's going to kill me. But it would have been so funny. He's like <laughs> mad at me because Jeff's playing a guitar line that sounds like the Ramones. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Dude. Jeff told us about that story. It was oh, hilarious.
4: It? Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah.
3: He said, Ben goes, You think it sounds like the Ramones, Kurt? Duh. Yeah.
4: yeah. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, only like, know that no because
3: sh- we, we kind of have adopted that. We say it all the time and shit.
4: <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. It sounds like the Ramones. Come on, man. Yeah.
0: Funny.
4: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, overall, it was really, it, it was a great great experience um uh recording that record i mean that i think you know as a band the leftovers were completely all on the same page with that record and everything just kind of gelled together because we had put out some records before that that you know we just hadn't found our sound yet we were experimenting we also weren't really that great playing but by the time we had gotten to on the move we had really gotten tight um, and we were able to execute this kind of idea where we wa- we wanted to play, you know, like energetic, you know, like when we when we first heard that um, that record, like the first Teenage Ball Rocket, uh, well, total, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it wasn't the first one, but like when that came out, we're like, oh man, okay, now it's time to get on board with this. <laughs>
1: I saw your face My hands fall like a tilt the well as I try not to fugue All over the place You seem so down to work But things are what they seem But now it's too late You got my heart And you tried to beam I can tell by the it's expression On your face You fucking lost its face Your mind just stopped up love without a trace You fucking lost its face
4: Another thing that happened, too, is because, like, originally, I mean, me and Andrew were always into the pop punk thing um, and and all the lookout bands and Green Day and all that stuff. But it took us a while to to kind of get the other guys in the band, um, the different members that were playing to, like, you know, be on the same level with us um, and be on board and um and eventually i remember adam he had, he was not really a big pop punk fan he liked punk rock but he wasn't into the the whole kind of the queers and um uh you know the lookout stuff mm-hmm. but once once uh that that record total came out adam was super on board and then yeah like about that really kind of influenced the band to start playing kind of even more kind of ramonesy and and uh but I was writing, I was always writing kind of songs that were influenced by um, more 60s pop and, and some power pop stuff. A huge influence for me uh, for writing on, on On The Move is a record by a band from the 80s called The Smithereens. i a line in um in please tell me which is like uh every time i hear strangers when we meet so strangers let me meet is a mm. is a song by the smithereens and um and every time it was really funny because i it this a lot of the songs are on on the move are actually about um this crush i had I, there was this girl that i was just in love with in the first few years of college and so like you know we you know nothing ever came of that but like you know that was a big you know influence into a lot of those songs and i used to you know always be um waiting on the bus to to get back to to portland from from the from the school the university and uh and she would always be on the bus as well and i'd always be listening to the smithereens and so it just when i sat down to to you know write the song and I'd like you know we'd say like hi and all this stuff the little things but um when I sat down to write the lyrics to that song I was like you know I always remember hearing that song um so that's where that comes from but that was the music as well the music as well was was influenced by by the smithereens and uh I remember um oh uh oh Lindsay yeah Lindsay from um you know that magazine The Next Big Thing? He's he's based out of um uh Scotland, I think. Uh, but this guy he had written a review of on on the move and he had mentioned that it was like the smithereens with jetpacks and I was like, This guy gets it. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was really excited about that, but he was the only one that ever made that connection. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: pretty cool. Hey, what made you guys uh redo Dance With Me? On the next, yeah, session.
4: yeah, you know that was never really our idea. We didn't want to do it, um, but we did it because the so the label that signed us, Olio, uh, they had they had seen a video of us playing Dance with Me at an at an Insubordination Records uh, festival. And I think it was that video that convinced them that, okay, let's do a record with these guys. Now, I mean, I don't think anyone told them that, like, Insubordination, that that festival is, like, the biggest show that we play ever a year, you know? So, like, yeah, there's a lot of people there. They're not all there for us. But, um, but it was, a, I mean, it, it was a great uh, show, and, and, and they really loved the song. Um, but they were like the, the condition was on on the whole on the, the whole deal was they were like, all right, we want to put out this record and uh, and the deal looked pretty good, but they were like, but you have to record dance with me. Uh, they have to re-record it. And so we were kind of like,,, uh, uh, all right, we'll do it, We'll do it. And uh, so yeah, I mean, it's like I don't really even think about it that much anymore, but um, but it is what it is. I think both versions are a little different, and yeah. I and I think the the thing is, is like there I, there are people that that really like uh, eager to please, and then there are people that really like on the move. And uh, luckily, I think that was probably one of our most well-known songs, and and the rec- the song is on on both records, and so you can pick which version you like the best. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there you go
2: (laughs) i think i like the eager to please man i fucking love that song i just thought it was so good it had had to be on both records you know oh
4: yeah i mean sure that's (laughs) awesome cool man Uh, that's yeah that's why we did it (laughs) why not
3: which one do you prefer kurt
4: my favorite version uh oof. i mean i think that i don't know you know like they both are like when i hear the when i hear the eager to please version i think it's like pretty much you know kind of on par with the with the uh, on the move version um i i actually think i like the the eager to please version a little bit better because i think that i sing it a little bit better but um and then i i kind of like the uh there's some guitar arrangements that we added on which yeah. i thought were kind of cool I uh too. that there's the outro so the outro bit like it's kind of like a hook in itself and i had the idea that we kind of extend it as the outro because that guitar line is kind of going on um during the chorus and i was like oh man that's really cool um and yeah because the producer of that record uh that was his idea to throw that guitar line on and so i I like that so yeah i guess i'd have to say that the ear to please version is is my personal favorite one so my mom likes that version too the best she tells me that a lot
3: (laughs) (laughs) i want to hear the story about emma stone man
4: I used to like think it was really. I had. I always got a kick out of just writing these like silly songs about these movie stars and stuff. Which I don't know. Kind of looking back on it, it's kind of immature and childish. But I'm not. I don't. I don't have any regrets about that because it always kind of makes for a funny story. So, <laughs>
2: dude, dude, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty. Cool. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the, for those people that you know, and maybe like someday, you know, in I don't know, sixty years. Someone's gonna hear that song and be like who the heck is that and then they're gonna like go check out You know IMDB and be like wow look at that, you know, it's kind of funny That's (laughs) That's all that's all I can hope for but anyway, so the story is is we were like we were in New York City uh, and just you know I think we were playing a gig we had a gig that night or we had a show the night or that the night before or something like that and um, and yeah, I was just, we were in the Lower East Side, and um, and I had just been hanging out on the corner uh, with my cousin, and, uh, and I don't know what was going on, I was like, I think I, I know that I had definitely eaten like one of those cookies with some magical stuff in it, a lot of my <laughs> stories <laughs> from the past involve, you know, the magical Maria, as we say in Spain, um, but uh, but, yeah, so I was just kind of, like, hanging out, and it was, I was, like, really loving, you know, the, the vibe of New York City, and, um, and I don't know what we were doing, I think we are just waiting for, for either Jeff or Wyatt or one of those guys to catch up with us, and, um, and I saw this, this, this woman walking down the street, and, and I was like, oh, uh, that's, that's, what's her name from, from from my high school? I remember her from high school, but I can't remember her name. And I'm like, where do I know her from? I like, I know she'll recognize me if I say, "Hey, how you doing? Remember me? I'm Kurt." And (laughs) so I was like, so close to just like going up to her and be like, "Hey, what are you doing down here? Like, I'm I'm in town too. Like, like I didn't realize you're you're down. Like, are you vacationing or something like that?" And then, um, just as she was walking by, I go, "Oh shit, that's Emma Stone." but i don't know why on earth i thought that i personally like i personally knew her or anything like it was just so crazy and i my cousin was there with me and he was like yeah dude that's emma stone i was like well why didn't you say anything i was just gonna make a fool out of, my, of myself <laughs> but now you know like i'm thinking back i'm like why didn't i not do that like what if i went like hey, like, oh, this is so crazy that you're here in New York City. What are you doing? You know, you remember me, you know? <laughs> that would have been even funnier, but unfortunately... You could have hooked up with uh, Emma Stone, Kurt. I know. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't think so. She was carrying a... Um, I mean, it looked like she had just, like, <laughs> like, came from, like, Staples or something. It looked... She was carrying a box of a bunch of, like, office supplies, hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. Maybe she was... I don't know. I have no idea what she was doing with all those office supplies. She had like some staples, stapler, a ruler, oh, wow. uh, a bunch of tape and stuff. Yeah, like it was that yeah, was kind of interesting. <laughs> I was like, shit. Maybe she was like, you know, practicing for a part, you know,
3: method acting for some office gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't
4: know. I don't know what these actresses do, these actors in New York. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Never So yeah, then. I just i just thought that it was like such a such a funny story and also i i remember like going to see um super bad and just like laughing so much i was like crying because you know there when i was growing up there were a couple films that just really like had a big impact on on our generation because they kind of hit home so like you could you could feel like that was like a real deal it was like the actual life of like teenagers and and i remember like super bad just being so realistic like thinking oh this could happen to any of us really you know some part, parts of that movie and and uh, of course yeah emma stone's in it and she reminded me of like you know uh, a girl at our high school and like you know mick lovin i know that dude for sure i know all these guys and so that was like that was a movie that really kind of had this like, you know, impact on on me and my friends because we just we loved it so much. And so that was another reason behind writing the song I think because it was it it reminds me I I really haven't seen very many movies by by Emma Stone but um but that's definitely one of my favorites.
3: <laughs> yeah. Plus she's gorgeous, right?
4: Yeah, she looks pretty good. She <laughs> looks pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I love that song too, man.
4: Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I I wrote that with um with Wyatt. So Wyatt was actually in town with me. It was like Jeff, Wyatt. I don't know who else we were who was in the who was on that uh, that weekend with us when we were down in New York. But but he was there. Um, and then uh, when I went down to Nashville to do some writing with him, uh, we just decided. I guess we had we said, oh, let's write a, let's write a song about that moment um and you know kind of fictionalize it a little bit but uh but it yeah that was that was a fun fun song to, to write actually we've never ever played it live and i i think we got to do something about that because i'd love to play that song live and another song from that same session um lost in translation yeah like which is uh we've so we've never actually done that live so i i think i think we're gonna probably do that at some point but awesome. um But yeah, it's like you never know like what songs to do. I've got a ton of songs uh, from from a past records, and and you know you kind of get stuck in this repetition of always playing the same songs. So I think one of the if if I make it to the new year, my uh, my New Year's resolution will be (laughs) to start playing some songs I haven't played before because I'm kind of getting tired of playing the same songs all the time.
3: Do you do uh, on the run? I love that one. No, no, so, like uh, we
4: don't do like we don't do any songs off of that that um brand new B sides. Yeah. yeah, we should. We used to do like um, quit dancing with my girl, and uh, I yeah that I think that's the only one because I mean these song the, those songs were like they were just B sides. They were never supposed to be like on any record or anything, but they just came out of these writing sessions and uh, and at one point we had kind of amassed a a good amount of songs. I was like, well, why don't we just like put out a special, like, you know, MP3 download of these B-sides and people were writing like, where can we get the CD? Where can we get the, and I was like, we don't have any, see, this is not supposed to be on CD, you know? (laughs) Uh, But there was enough demand for it. So, so we released the, the CD with Rumbar Records. And then actually just recently we, we, uh, we put out a, a, a version of that on vinyl. Uh, so there's a brand new v- B-Sides vinyl um, edition that was released. Uh, I think you can get it online somewhere. I'm not really sure. But Ghost Highway and yeah. uh, Beluga Records, yeah, they, they put it out here it's a slightly different, in Europe.
3: It's a slightly different version of that photo too, right? Uh,
4: yeah, I think that there's a, something Just a little different, different with it. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they kind of made it special. it is black and white yes that's right yep yeah that was uh that photo was taken down in providence rhode island we found this uh old uh like toyota truck and so it it was kind of cool so we're like let's take a photo in front of it but yeah again like that was not that record was never supposed to happen so we just we did it and and uh the front cover was actually designed by by ryan minter who who runs uh jolly ronnie records which is a mm-hmm. really great label he's an awesome yeah. dude so he, got, he helped me throw that together really quick and uh yeah so it all it all kind of came together but but yeah it's true we got to definitely do some songs off of that that record it next a year
3: great one.
1: <laughs> hey this is pat and hey, chris, yeah. chris. Mikey, and we're from the Beatnik Termites, and you're listening to the Dummy Room.
2: Hey, Kurt. Let me ask you this: Did your writing like style ever change from the Leftovers to solo? Because you know, I listen to the solo stuff, like the early stuff to the to the later stuff, and mm-hmm. I, it seems like if you just played those songs with the leftovers just with a you know with a trio um, and just bashed them out they would just come across as leftovers to me
4: yeah you know I mean I always am trying to to expand on writing um, and try new things new chords and stuff like that but I've I've really kind of always kept to the same kind of formula more or less uh, with with the songwriting and the idea there is like my my idea when i when i go to write a song it's like it's i just want to write something maybe that the beatles or the beach boys or or dave clark five or one of those 60s bands would write because if you take those songs like and you speed them up or you turn them up a little bit what do you get you kind of get like the <laughs> ramones or you get yeah. the, the or are definitely like the queers i always have loved the queers because like joe is such a big fan of like 60s pop stuff which i've always loved too and like and you know i remember having like conversations with joe sometimes being like he doesn't want to he doesn't want to really talk about punk rock or any of the new bands he's like you know kurt you really should be listening more to leslie gore like that (laughs) she's awesome i'm like yeah dude i i listen to leslie gore he's like oh you do all right all right that's fine and uh, you know so like (laughs) so it's like yeah totally I kind of was, I was always, you know, once The Leftovers kind of hit our stride with the last two records, um, I was writing for, to, you know, in this kind of way of like, yeah, 60s kind of pop, uh, melody and, and structure, the song structures. And really not a lot has changed with that. I've always kind of kept to the, pretty much the same formula. So it's true. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of songs that I put out, um, with with the the kb band and, and also the combo that if we were to just kind of you know simplify the arrangements just a tiny bit play a little bit faster and louder it would probably be the leftovers yeah. and you know i have i have thought sometimes like uh, i mean when i am writing i'm like oh you know this song could actually be a leftover song like a newer one you know um but it works out fine because it's like yeah it could be a leftover song or it could be one of the songs on the new record like i'm i'm not saving songs for a, a new leftovers album right now but but if we were ever to, to get i know no, if we were ever to get together and, and do another album um it would be it would, it would be pretty easy and and i have thought about it and and i i do talk to andrew about the idea but it's really kind of um making it you know it, it's there's a lot of variables that are going on with that and with with adam he's living in in california and i haven't actually talked to him in like years so like i still i still talk to andrew but um but we did have some ideas about doing something a couple years ago but um it was one of those things where adam said oh you know i can record all the the instruments the drums and the bass and the guitar and stuff in a studio here in la and then you can just do the vocals in in Madrid. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but like that kind of defeats the whole purpose of us like actually getting together and doing a reunion. And if you're gonna do all the recording yourself and then I just sing, like if we're gonna do something, we should do it all together and be in the same place at the same time. And so with that, with me living in Madrid, with Andrew living in Maine, and then Adam in in um, in california that makes it a lot it's 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 much more difficult and and our schedules are are kind of you know so so that makes it difficult as well because i'm i'm playing a lot in europe and 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 the other guys are working and and doing their thing but yeah i do remember like actually listening to your to your episode here on the dumb room and i was like oh maybe people are actually interested (laughs) in it so so that kind of you know got me thinking about it a little bit more and and i think eventually maybe in the next in the next few years we will do something um but it's just a matter of time and the, and maybe if we can get like an offer to play a show somewhere uh that would be uh be one of the reasons so if you're listening and yeah, you want Franz. leftovers Franz to play your <laughs> yeah it will actually yeah fran should actually do that because i want to i do want to go back to to punk rock rodino next year so that would be a perfect way, yeah. Okay, man, you're right. You guys were right about that. Let's get that going. Yeah. Franz,
2: hey Franz. Kurt, <laughs> I live. Uh, I'm in Wisconsin too. So, if oh you ever nice. Play. I want to do a show in Wisconsin. Hell yeah,
4: dude! Hell yeah, man! I love playing <laughs> in Wisconsin.
2: I'm uh, I'm like two hours north of Madison. So,
4: oh, cool, awesome. Yeah. Uh the actually the combo did we did play a show in uh in Wisconsin at this place called Salty Pete's Rock Shack it's in Kenosha. This was back in like 2014.
2: Cool. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't go to Kenosha very much. So.
4: Yeah. Well, the, it, it doesn't actually it doesn't actually exist. <laughs> the place, yeah. It is a live record though, but not it was not recorded there. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's great. But yeah, dude, I'll, t- I'll totally, I'll totally like I, I'd, I'd love to, to do some gigs around um, Wisconsin. I love, love playing Wisconsin. You guys have everything I love over there: cheese, bratwurst, and beer. So it's kind of like, it's kind <laughs> of no amazing, brainer. you know.
2: <laughs> that's how we get people here,
4: yeah. right? And <laughs> as, and that's perfect. And you have every reason for, to be proud of that.
3: Yeah. Hey, Kurt, would you be down to do a quick rundown of maybe on the move, just track by track, just kind of give us a little insight into those cuts?
4: Absolutely, guys, whatever you want, man. Cool. I'm just hanging out at my house. I got nothing to okay. do.
3: We, all right. <laughs> we were like, we didn't know if you really wanted to talk about the past as much, as, but, man, we just love that shit I, so much. I
4: will. You guys can ask me anything that you want about the leftovers. I will give you all the dirt. So whatever you want, I don't – cool. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, maybe we should do it. Uh, should we do track by
2: track real quick?
4: Okay,
3: sure. Yeah, Let's I'd like to hear it. some of the stories behind these songs, because to me, everything on this record is fuck, totally classic. Like, song All after right. song. Like, one <laughs> hit after another,
2: man. Oh, yeah, man, no shit. thank
4: you. Thank All you. Right. <laughs> okay.
2: So, this will be fun. Yeah. Tra- song number one, Run Real Fast.
4: Run Real Fast. Okay. So, um, you know, we used to go to these parties um, a lot. There were there were some great parties that we would go to in Portland that are at our friends' houses. Like there was, um, this one, uh, on there's a house on Kellogg street. I remember we would go there all the time and we would have crazy, crazy parties there. Um, and I don't even think we were, we weren't, uh, we were like maybe 19, 18, 19, 20 around then. So we were definitely like, it was not, if we got caught there, we would be in uh, bunch of trouble right so you know there was always that danger there but that made it more exciting um and um and i remember that we were at one party and like there were a bunch of like real punk rock kids they were pretty like intimidating and um and you know i was always kind of like i loved the uh, socializing kind of speaking with everybody and uh, there were there were some occasions when i'd be you know chit-chatting with a with a nice Nice lady or something like that, and uh, and she she'd be like, well, you know, this is it's really nice talking to you, but my boyfriend's over there, and like he, <laughs> I think he's gonna like he's gonna hurt you, so like you should go. And I'm like, oh Jesus! Like I didn't realize that it was a crime <laughs> to talk to people shit you know <laughs> so, like, and like sometimes like those parties would get kind of like rowdy because we were also hanging out with a lot of people that were into like hardcore music and I don't want to like paint a picture that all hardcore people are like rowdy and stuff but you know you go to these concerts and they're just jumping on each other punching and shit like yeah they got some anger that they need to get out <laughs> and a lot of times if you're at a party and you're mixing alcohol and you're like 19 20 years old you don't really know Um, you know, I've seen a guy just take like take a huge steak knife and just charge after some guy with, uh, you know, and he's like ripping up the, the, um, the door with all the, you know, it's like, Jesus. Um, so that song was about that. It's kind of, it's a fictional tale, but I was just kind of imagining myself like having to run away from getting my ass kicked just for, you know, having a simple conversation, just being sociable, which I don't think is a crime, you know?
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those like macho dudes. You mix that with alcohol, it's never a good oh, thing. Oh Jesus! You know? Yeah,
4: yes, yeah. oh My God, yeah. You know, uh, you know. Luckily, most of the the guys that we used to hang out with uh, in the left were we were always just a fun loving bunch. So we were we we didn't like having any of these negative vibes. Right. So we tried to we tried to associate ourselves with the the fun the fun crew. So. We right didn't. We didn't have too many problems, but you never know. <laughs>
3: yeah. We talked a little bit about dance with me before, but uh...
4: well, dance with me kind of came up about. Really, kind of, it was it, the song itself. I remember. Um, it's actually really funny because I was at a coffee shop that was. Uh, right on the same street, Kellogg Street, of the house that we used to party at all the time, and the coffee shop was on the other end of the street. And I remember exactly the moment where I had gone to get a coffee. I was with my my friend uh, Jason, and um, and like we were leaving the coffee shop, and I just got this like melody kind of stuck in my head, and um, and it was actually before I because now what do I what I do when I kind of get an idea. Uh, for for a for a song, um, a lot of a lot of times it comes when I'm out walking around, or you know I'm not, you know, it's kind of random. Uh, so I always try to record the the voice message, like a voice memo, um, on my phone. Uh, but back then I didn't have like a phone that you could do uh, voice memos with. I, so like, luckily I remembered kind of the melody that I had, um, and I remember that the the lyric that i kind of was just like thinking of was like dance with me dance with me and that's such like you know a cliche song title but you know it works and um and when i went when i went home and i wrote the lyrics you know it was just kind of a straightforward song just about you know you know dancing with that i always yeah imagine it being like at a school dance you know like very kind of classic kind of thing um or at you know some party or something but i guess i always just imagine it being at a school dance i don't i don't know why i guess i was kind of um scarred by the whole you know uh middle school i didn't go to high school dances but i remember the middle school dances they fucking sucked man and like but i you know we all went because there was nothing else to do you know and like you know so we just went there and just hung out and and I just remember, I that was one of the reasons why I hated Led Zeppelin so much is because they they would always play fucking Stairway to Heaven at the <laughs> as the last song. And as be, and being like kind of a chubby like kid uh, with like really like badly grown sideburns and all this stuff and a Hawaiian shirt, you know, you're like, oh man, I don't have a date, I don't have anyone to dance with as the last song of the night. Been trying to dance with someone all night. And they're playing this fucking song. I hate this shit. So, um, yeah, I didn't... I, like, refused to listen to Led Zeppelin for a really long time. And I still don't really listen to Led Zeppelin that much. But I do like a few of their songs. I have come around to a few of their songs. But in general, yeah, fuck them. Uh, But, yeah, you know... uh, But, so, yeah, I just... I guess I just imagine it... I I also... A lot of times when I'm writing songs, they're not, like... um, they're 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 not like personal experiences sometimes they are sometimes they're not uh, but with dance with me it was kind of like a fictional tale like i like kind of writing songs that everyone kind of can relate to like right. you know like a song that you, it's not about you but you can imagine it being about you but it's something that's like everyone can can kind of get into like right. oh yeah i've felt like that before you know like i i'd actually i actually feel like it's uh, it's it's more interesting to write, um, in that way, because it, it can connect you with a lot more people, you know, not, I mean, personal experiences and writing your own personal stories that, that definitely, you know, a lot of people probably have, you know, shared that, but I like to write, you know, um, these songs for, for anyone. And, uh, so, so that, that kind of was the way with, with dance with me. I will say when, when I am writing like that, it, like I've had like ex girlfriends that get really pissed off because they're like, "Who's this song about?" And yeah. I'm like, "Well, no, it's not about anyone per se. It's just you know, it, you know, it's like, come on, oh man, right? <laughs> so that's happening.
3: How many uh freaking ringtones did you guys sell of that song? I remember
1: that was oh, like a big Jesus, deal. Oh, Jesus! That so, oh,
4: that's so silly. Come on, that. <laughs> Is the dumbest thing ever. I don't know what the whole deal with that was. I didn't I, I did not put that on the YouTube. I did not put down okay. it was a ringtone. I still have people coming up to me being like, Hey man, you got Dance With Me Now a ringtone? You wanna play that song? I was like, it's not it's just Dance With Me. Not now a ringtone is not part of the title. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, I guess that was the only ringtone that we had. That was that was the one successful enough to become a ringtone. So yeah. awesome yeah. i'm proud of it for that i guess two records no,
3: and a ringtone that song's the shit
2: that's a hit <laughs> that's a hit yeah
4: damn damn <laughs> we're really doing it now boys yeah.
2: <laughs> all right uh, next up she 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 love this Uh, song because i love how the chorus doesn't kick into like a minute into the song or so. so. oh yeah
4: (laughs) totally um okay so she 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 um yeah another kind of like this was not written for um someone specifically but just kind of like the feeling of like just you know feeling desperate um what what else about this song like i definitely was thinking i think this song was written like uh in the autumn or something because i I remember writing something about leaves falling down and yeah, the like summer's done, that. and so is um, my
3: fun. Yeah. yeah,
4: totally. Um, and yeah, this definitely was one of those songs that was uh, was definitely influenced by like the Beach Boy, like some of the more melancholy Beach Boy songs, uh, like like warmth of the sun or one of those so- like slower early Beach Boy songs. Yeah. um but but then also uh there was you know some some kind of um beatles influence uh for for sure the song you really got a hold on me which i don't think is actually originally by the beatles but it's an early beatles song so that that was an influence on that as well um and yeah it was i that's actually one of my 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 favorite songs on 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 the move i, I like yeah. the way that that came
3: out that one's great i could tell you when i first got this cd back then you know when you hear an, a new cd and you're just listening along and i was digging it you know i thought run real fast was great dance with me pretty badass you know what i mean yeah but then somewhere in the middle once you hit the chorus of she 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 it was over i was like a lifelong fan dude i was like <laughs> oh this wow is the shit
4: cool man that's awesome thank yeah, you man. yeah i'll never that... forget
3: that moment
4: that's like uh, that's a, that's so cool to hear that cuz you know like I have had those experiences too when I hear records and we're just like oh man I'm all in now you yeah. know like sign me up for the newsletter I'm in you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but yeah that's it's definitely one of my favorite songs on on the record for sure uh, um, yeah <laughs>
2: fucking great um, one man yeah, Pick and Choose, dude. This song is this is the song that's the winner for me. I mean, I love Dance With Me, but that's just that's just a great song all around, but Pick and Choose is this is the song that I'm all in on.
4: So pick and choose Um, this song. Definitely the influence on this song was, um, well, one of my one of my favorite, favorite movies uh, is uh, that thing you do. Um, I love I love that movie with with Tom Hanks. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's about the wonders. Yeah, the the soundtrack to that record is awesome. I I always I listen to that soundtrack so, so much. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, this is like, you know, kind of like um one of those straightforward tunes. We uh actually I think that there's two versions of this song to, no 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 not, not this song. That's the next one, Camel. I think there are two versions of Camel. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember. We did do two versions of Camel. Okay. Well pick and choose. Okay. So like um yeah like uh I I my favorite part of this song is like kind of the uh the guitar solo part yeah. um the down, 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 down. so that's all very like influenced by the wonders yeah. um the but i, I kind of the own eaters right <laughs> yeah um and uh yeah i don't know like the, i we used to play this song all the time live it's it's another one that i um i really like uh i think on the on the, the record i actually sing like in the last line. Or get real drunk and sing the records out of tune, which doesn't actually. I didn't write the lyrics like that. I was supposed to say old records out of tune. Um, so I don't know. I just that's <laughs> I me- I messed up there. Sorry. Still great. So <laughs> the lyrics are correct though, in that are printed. I think.
2: But yeah. So, um, so the next song, Camel. I think on the. First episode, with the episode that the, the leftovers episode we did last year. Yeah, we were wondering where the title came from. If it was yes. Camel Cigarettes or Camel Toes or
4: Yeah, it definitely was not Camel Toe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: but that would be funny, man. No, it was about the cigarettes. Yeah, the yeah. cigarettes. So like, I I knew <laughs> a girl that, and we would just we'd hang out and we'd always be smoking um, Camel cigarettes. So that's kind of where it came from. But also. The influence to the title, I love this band called Hagfish. I don't know if you guys are into mm-hmm. yeah, that
5: or not, them.
4: but I, yeah, I, I love that band. And uh, And so they have like a lot of funny kind of song titles that are just like one word and sometimes completely random um and i think they kind of got that from the descendants because the descendants kind of have that thing going too where they just have that mm-hmm. one word and then you know you and you don't even really know if it has anything to do with the song or not so uh <laughs> so that's kind of how that that title uh came up because i don't think i actually mentioned camel at all in the song so no, no. but yeah. um but yeah so it is it's about it's about uh about the the all well, the song titles about camel cigarettes but um yeah. But yeah, that I also really like that song too. Uh, yeah, it's got that twenty-seven months ago, which is kind of like you know your standard <laughs> nod to to all those you know twenty-seven bands. Yeah. Um, but so,
2: so let me ask you: when you're in the studio singing that, Ben roll his eyes when he hears this shit, or what?
4: No, I I actually don't <laughs> think he had, he had he had like he, he he didn't mention anything. I don't think. Yeah. Or not that I can remember. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I think at that, I think at that time he seemed to be in a pretty good mood. So he was like, not, not really bothered by any of that stuff. He did get pissed off about the, the Ramones. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Not about the 27. Uh. He probably just didn't even notice it. But, uh, but then, uh, but yeah. And then I, I did, I did also like, I think I mentioned something in the lyrics about another band that I, I was really influenced by, um, the cars. So they have, um. They have a record called Heartbeat City, which is not my favorite Cars record, but um, but I remember thinking that the title was awesome and the artwork was awesome, and I think I was listening to a lot of the Cars when when that song was written, also. So I kind of snuck that that uh, that album title into the lyrics for for Camel as well. But yeah, I, I had I had a lot of like good memories um, hanging out with this with the girl that the song was about and like so that it was cool i i think she's married now and yeah I, the restraining orders are gone but <laughs> <Okay>. i'm just, <laughs> i'm totally kidding but um but yeah so that that's a that's a song that we we had recorded originally um for the rally records um 45 that we did and then we re-recorded it for for the album so yeah, it was that was a fun song.
3: Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I mean uh, every song on here is fucking great. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah.
4: Ah! <laughs> next, <laughs> next up,
2: another fucking one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, Please tell me. Got the awesome woes
4: in there. Oh yeah, yeah. So like you know, <laughs> I always when I when I when I'd written this song, I was like really super excited about it, and I thought that it was like one of the best songs on the record. And then when the when the record came out, I was like maybe this is actually like my least like favorite song on the record and you know i haven't listened to the album in a while but like go, uh, last time i listened to it i was thinking ah, okay i don't think it's that bad but when i first wrote it i was like okay this is the best song i've ever written but um but yeah then i was like i don't know i'm like i'm not really sure i don't know <laughs> but you know i'm, I'm always going to be more critical than than anyone else about about that kind of stuff but um but yeah as i was saying there's a uh, there's some influence of um the smithereens yeah it's strange um, when we meet and, yeah and then the uh da-da. there's there's definitely a lot of um influence on the melody of like some old old 60s stuff i used to listen to a lot of like this like obscure and i still do i listen to a lot of like the early 60s california um stuff uh and there was a uh, a record by this lady called Robin Ward or something, and and she just had a lot of great melodies on her on her records, and so I think I definitely might have like kind of loosely been inspired by some of that stuff too on um, the the melody for this song.
3: Yeah, it's cool. I always, yeah, the thing that I always like about. Pretty much all your songs, even in your in your solo material, you know, you're like the king of the middle eight. You know what I'm saying? You always have these great middle oh, eights, dude. Th-
4: yeah, I mean that's like my favorite part of like writing a song. Like like you know, I I something about it just for me. It's like if you can get like if because a big hurdle, of course, is like making a great chorus, right? Right. But sometimes, I, uh, like a a good middle eight, a good bridge, like actually, if it's better than the chorus, like it will save a song like if you have like a mediocre verse and a mediocre chorus but you have an amazing middle eight you're like all right i'm gonna stick i'm gonna stick it out and wait for the middle eight because it's awesome you know <laughs> yeah. but uh but besides that you know it's just i that th- that's something that kind of always came to me pretty easily like i have always like uh struggled with verses sometimes or, or choruses but um but once I have the the verse and the chorus, like the bridge is just something that just comes uh, really easily, and and uh, and I've always had a lot of fun um, writing bridges. Yeah, so I try to I try to have a bridge in most of the songs. Yeah. But a lot of times, that doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't need you don't need a bridge in your songs. But you know, uh, I'm glad that you 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 dig the bridges, man. I should act, <laughs> I should I uh, I should become you know like. Uh, uh, I was going to make a horrible joke and I'm not in a mood to, I can't do it. So, okay, let's move on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, the Beatles notoriously, you know, Kings of it as well.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's in, and that's where it all comes down. It's like those, like when I was, when I was a young kid, I just, I grew up listening to uh, oldies radio. Cause like, um, like I, I didn't have a CD player at my house. My parents were not, like, really big into to music. They listened to the radio, and they had a record player, but they didn't have a CD player. So, like, um, when I was growing up, there was a, a little record store, actually, right around the corner from my house, and um, I had heard about the Beatles, and I heard about the Turtles, and, like, these old 60s bands, and they had all these... these you know, secondhand records. And this was in the early nineties and they were like dirt cheap. I mean, they had right. really good, like, well, like really good condition Beatles albums and like no one cared about it on vinyl back then. They, they wanted the CDs and it just so happened. That I didn't have a CD player. Like my parents just never had bought, you know, a CD player. So I got really into listening to all those sixties bands on vinyl. And then on the radio, I remember we had a radio station here called Oldies 100.9, and I just like I listened to that all the time. and And there was a guy uh, he 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 did like Sunday night requests, um, and his name was Bill O'Neill, and he used to have a record shop too down here. and uh, And so he would always play whenever I'd call up and ask him. I was like, I want to hear Lou Christie, Lightning Strikes Again, and he'd be like, All right, I'll do it, and like. You know, all my friends that were my age were trying to to call in and get their song requested on like the pop radio station, which never happened because they'd be getting all these calls to play, you know, I don't know, friggin' um, Chumbawamba or something like that, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and so I was always like, well, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I request a song, they play it right away. And uh, and so. You know that was kind of fun, but I didn't have that connection with a lot of my friends when I was younger because they didn't listen to like the music that the old '60s music or the Beatles or the Beach Boys or anything like that. Um, but it really shaped the way that I I kind of conceptualized how to write a song because it was just kind of ingrained in me from a young age. So so that's that's probably one of the reasons why I I, I try to to write you know very good uh, or the best that I can. To, uh, middle eights and bridges because awesome. it's they're so important in those those old songs yeah It's
3: yeah, great so where are we at nate where are we at uh runaway
0: it's a saturday night but it doesn't feel right i should have never told that gal
4: yeah oh i like this song this was fun to play um like uh so this was again like another song that was very um uh influenced by 60s um 60s music um and then there's like i I remember that there was a um a band that i heard i'm trying to remember their name now because it was like it was it was so long ago but they had a song that had this like chord in it and i was like this is like um the the coolest chord i've ever heard and i want to use it in a song uh what were they called um something notebook oh man why can't i remember ultimate 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 notebook ultimate fake book Book. that's it man ultimate notebook no (laughs) ultimate (laughs) fake book exactly yes 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 so oh that's awesome okay so they had this song that that had this chord that and i was like whoa that is sick and um so i used that i was listening to them and i was playing along to their to their records and i totally grabbed a chord that they use for um for this song um and it's and it's in the part where it's like um what is it i'll make you see that i'm your man then i'll grab you at that right by the hand, that part, yeah, I totally got it from this uh, ultimate nope fake bookers, <laughs> <laughs> ultimate Facebook. <laughs> oh shit, yeah, oh my god. But um, but yeah, so that was that that they were definitely an influence to that part of the song. Um, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'm looking at I'm I'm looking back at these these songs. I actually just I got a I have a copy of the CD. I'm in my my old. Uh, room right now talking to you guys here at, at my parents house doesn't that sound so cool i <laughs> wish i mean if we were, i was doing the uh, the interview from spain i'd be like well here i am in uh, spain but no i'm just uh in my parents uh house in my old bedroom <laughs> Wow. but i had a copy of, i just grabbed it i just i found a cd copy so now i'm actually going through the 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 lyrics and stuff with you guys so yeah like um most of these songs are are pretty like fictionalized. Like, so there's nothing, nothing really like crazy about the story here in this song. But, um, but yeah, I think I, I really, at that time and I still kind of continue to do it. Like, I gotta be honest, like lyrics are, have never been like my, my forte. I'm like, it's like the last thing I do when I sit down and, and, um, actually Andrew from, the guitarist of the leftovers, he's really good at writing lyrics. So um we have actually written a few songs together um that the the combo release uh one of the songs from the combo um it's called Upside Down. We we wrote that song together and then we have a new song that the combo will be releasing in a couple uh months and he wrote the lyrics to that. So sometimes I I'll, I'll reach out to him and be like, "Hey man, can you help me out with some lyrics cuz I so I really like it's not my good thing. I can I can do a bridge, but I can't write lyrics, man." <laughs> but um but these uh yeah, so like these songs, you know, they're not it's it's really kind of light stuff and and for me at the time, it was more important just having a great melody and maybe, you know, a phrase or or, or a few words that people could like remember. So like dance with me, obviously, yeah. Or, um, she, 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 you know, that's like real, yeah. real simple stuff. Run real fast, stuff like that. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> see you tonight. You know, it's all, actually, most of these songs all have three words, man.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's true. Shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so it never, it was never like the main thing. Um, and I guess if, if we could go, go back and maybe rewrite some parts of the, this album, like, maybe we would have, you know, put some more focus on the on on the lyrics but i do remember like going over to andrew's house before we went out to record this album and like sitting down with him and going through all the lyrics and he would be like editing the stuff like he really was great at, at helping me out with with uh, lyrics and things like that so cool. but yeah nothing not no real story with this one
2: no, I don't think you need to change anything on this record, dude. I think uh, it's pretty perfect. All right. Yeah, nah, yeah, we don't uh, okay. What would uh next up, nothing to do.
4: Yeah. So this uh this is like uh one of the songs that that uh, features like a guitar that we had plugged into a Leslie organ um. I was gonna like ask speaker. what the fuck that was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it kinda <laughs> sounds kinda funky, but uh but we didn't really do a lot of like th- this. This record, compared to to ear to please, is just is very straightforward. Right. Um, and and a, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that we didn't have a lot of time to record. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't really need anything else. I think it's it's really you know, you know, pretty, pretty set the way it is in terms of production. Um, and not a lot of arrangements but it, that's really all it needs and but we did add a few things you know we did add some um guitars we didn't have like a 12 string guitar but there are some some songs that have like uh, a guitar that sounds a yeah. little bit like a 12 string because what we did was we would like we we plugged one, a clean guitar into the leslie speaker and then we'd be playing another like another track on guitar and um, and I remember all this stuff because I, I actually was playing uh, a handful of leads on this on on this record. I didn't I didn't really I never played guitar in the leftovers, but I wrote um, most of the songs on guitar. Um, so I had uh, some ideas for the solos, and we never really when we were rehearsing this record. We were a three piece, so we never had uh, the we never sat down and kind of worked out like what the solos were gonna be we just kind of i just had this idea of like all right we'll figure it out in the studio and that's kind of what happened but um but yeah this song um has this uh riff on it that is dead i i remember listening to uh rick springfield and uh and it's you know, well Jesse's girl, right? right. So I wish that she uh, Jesse's girl. Ta, na, 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 yeah. na, 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 Jesse's girl. So that's kinda what's going on and nothing to do. Like I think ta, na, 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 or something like that. So uh that's that was a big influence to that record, uh, um, Working Class Dog by by <laughs> Rick Springfield. I love that record. And yeah, like Love is all right tonight's like a like I mean i was listening to that stuff at the time and i was like i, I want to like play songs like love is all right tonight but do it a little more punky and a little more you know and i think that's kind of what we were able to accomplish with with this record so that's another reason why i'm, I'm still really really happy about how it came out because it was like it was the, the right time of like you know with all our influences and and the way that we played and and we we're just able to kind of put it all together and, and the end result worked out pretty well but yeah this is yeah just another one of those you know self-deprecating songs about heartbreak and oh uh, you know she just she just wants to be friends with you you know it's like <laughs> i know i did there were so like a few, like the few songs there were a few songs that were written about uh uh, uh uh this one girl that i i knew for a while and i remember like you know we had we had been like really great friends for for a while and and then, um, she was like, I remember she, she called me up one day and she was like, well, Hey man, you know, I finally, finally broke up with my, with my boyfriend and, and you and me have to go, go get a drink. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. All right. That sounds great. When, when would you like to go? <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> and then, you know, and then like a, like a couple of weeks later, she's like, tell she's talking to me about her new boyfriend. I'm like, Oh man, I guess, uh, I guess that's not gonna work. So, so, you know, a lot of those songs were written from that, like I think that experience too. So, not all these songs are like completely fictional, but they all. I mean, it's just you know, life, life, and um, I think I was living a lot of life back then. I I know we got uh, some criticism, and uh, back then about all the songs are just written about girls, and it's it's the truth. But I mean. <laughs> Well, uh, when I was writing this record, I just I like, you know, listening to records and and hanging out with my friends and going to shows and and thinking about, you know, girls. So I don't know. Like, that's that's the truth. I don't know. It's that that's the way it is. I don't. And I I couldn't really like I mean, I could I could write like a song like a, uh, you know, a socially conscious song or a political song. But but i i was like i don't know 19 years old and I, no one's gonna take me seriously about that and he, i mean I, i'm very interested in all that kind of stuff and nowadays i have i feel more confident to, to write songs like that because i can really hold my ground if someone wants to like talk to me like well, well what do you mean by this about this lyric or what do you mean by that and i'll be like well this is what i was trying to say right. but back then i didn't i don't think i could have backed that up and i'd just be writing it because i just to be like kind of fashionable or cool, which I think is bullshit. I don't want to totally. be making songs that I don't know anything about just because that's what people are doing. Right. So I just wrote from what I knew. And I knew about, you know, just feeling kind of rejected and not feeling like that any girl out there likes me. But now it's all changed.
3: I think it's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, when if you really look at it in all of music, all the best songs are about girls, dude. It's just a fact. Yep.
4: Well, you I don't know, think so, I do it's anything to shy mean, away
3: from. I mean, you know I mean?
4: girl, there's, I mean, but there's, you know, girls or boys. I mean, this uh, any yeah, kind of love, love song yeah. that that people can relate to because that's a that's a feeling that like a, that emits a lot of emotion. But everyone has that emotion at one point, so they all can relate to it. So it's just a great way to get people feeling connected and feel like okay, maybe maybe my life doesn't suck so bad because that guy's going through the same thing or that girl's going through that or you know. Maybe you're feeling great. Maybe you're in a great mood, and uh, and it's just you know kind of like a tacky love song, but you but it's just hitting the moment and it's good. Or maybe mm-hmm. you like drinking a lot and Jimmy Buffett singing about margaritas, and you're like, yeah, this is my <laughs> love song. I love margaritas. <laughs> so you know, love. It's yeah. a great it's a great topic to write about. It, it never fails, is what I guess I'm trying to say.
3: Right. That's the number one topic in all the best music, either heartbreak or love, you know what I mean, which are two sides
2: of the same coin, you know?
4: Totally. Uh,
2: next up, the uh, riff-heavy Lose Your Head.
4: Oh, yeah. Lose Your Head. Okay, okay, okay. Um, this song... Uh, so Ben, ben had a, a really nice idea with this song by putting a little reverb on, on the backup vocals um on um, and and i i really love this song because it was kind of more yeah it was definitely more rocking right um mm-hmm. I, re- I remember when i first played this song to my best friend his name is eric but um but we all call him big slam because they used to have those um those soda bottle the plastic soda bottles with mm-hmm. like the large mouth ma- i think they're like 16 ounces or something and it was like mountain dew and it was like big slam and uh, he used to chug those things. He would just yell, "Kill it, real quick!" And so he kind of got the nickname "Big Slam." But anyway, like we, we, we've been playing in bands together for a long time, and he's always. I always try to play him um, my my stuff. And uh, when I when we got back from recording th- this record on the move, I, I hung out with him. I played played him the CD, and this was his favorite song. He always used to think that uh, in the chorus, it was. Confucius says hey like that philosopher confucius saying hello to you but i think it's like something else it's like uh, oh the, it's the <laughs> it's the confusion sets in he's like oh man i love that song where you're like confucius says hey and I'm like what <laughs> and uh so that's it but this is definitely like i i love i love kind of like the um 60s garage rock stuff too so i think there's like kind of like an um like an organ kind of keyboard solo on here too um, and i think we were like i mean i i think this is this was one of those songs that kind of maybe set us a little apart from other bands that were playing pop punk at that at that time cuz uh, this definitely you can hear that we were, were influenced by a lot of 60s music as well cuz uh, there's th- that kind of progression is very garage rock and and so that and ben heard that and that's why he was like why don't you put some like reverb on andrew's backup vocal um in the build-up and and that was that was really cool so um and actually when we would play the song live andrew actually sang the the lead vocal so andrew used to sing um songs uh like probably like we'd split like half the record or something on our early mm-hmm. stuff yeah. um but then uh we kind of like i we stopped really writing songs at, in 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 rehearsal and um and i just started bringing songs to rehearsal i think it was probably because um adam moved down to boston so we didn't get to practice as much so whenever we would practice it would be like to get ready for a show or we were like in pre production for an album. So, um, so I would end up writing a lot of songs and then and we'd have like, I'd come to practice with like four songs. So, and, um, and so I would end up singing all of them too. And, uh, and that's all fine. You know, that's the reason why I sing all the songs on the last two records. But, um, but live, you know, I, I always kind of like, I wanted to take a little break from singing. And I, and Andrew's a great singer too. So he, he would always take, um, he would take the lead vocals on on this song when we played it live, but yeah, it's definitely got it's got some uh, it's got some riffs on it. It's another song that also was kind of um, influenced by the Smithereens because they've got a song that's got kind of a a riff too that's very much like uh, Pretty Woman by by Roy Orbison but i mean you listen to this song you would never think that but that's where it kind of it came from so the roy orbison riff um down uh, yeah uh, i don't i you know how it goes but yeah like that and uh and then the smithereens song had a, another one but um yeah so this is kind of like the pretty woman riff but backwards but yeah so like that's kind of how that song came about, but yeah, it's one of the more rocking songs on the the album in terms of like riffage, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Mind off you. Mind off you. Great oh, one. my. Okay, Dang. I'm trying to even remember how this goes. I, I love this song. It's oh. it's kind
2: of bouncy. It's kind of muffsy. And and you know what I mean? Yeah, it is muffsy. Yeah.
4: I uh, I wrote this song. About a, a girl that my friend, uh, my friend was really into. He was really in love with this girl, and um, and she, I remember that he was always kind of like ha- like bummed out because like she would say like Hey, let's meet up, let's hang out," and then at at the end of the day, she just would stay at home and she was just getting high, smoking pot, and she loved <laughs> the Motley Crew. So I, <laughs> I always I remember him like saying that he's like, oh man, she just like wants to sit at home and smoke her bong, and she like likes the Mo- Motley Crew, man, and and I and I was kind of like, well, I kind of <laughs> like I like the Motley Crew, but uh, or Motley Crew, I don't know why I'm saying the Motley Crew, uh, but uh yeah, I just remember him telling me that, and I was like, that makes for kind of a cool lyric, like uh, you know, said we'd go out, but you forgot. Um, And, uh, there was, what else about this song? Um, yeah, yeah, she's got no time for me. She'd rather get stoned. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I just remember writing this song and then our friend Ian being really psyched about it because it was just, it was about him from his perspective. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just about some stoner, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I remember this song, yeah, and the and like the chorus is very '60s sounding too. I think like yeah, probably something like uh, that I was getting from like the Queers or something too, because I, I I I'm like kind of between the two, and I bet this is like a this a whole different podcast in itself. But like I am definitely like musically I'm more influenced by the Queers, and so I always kind of use Joe's writing as as influence because I could kind of draw a line back from from the queer songs to like the 60s stuff so that that was really cool for me but um but yeah so uh so there you go that one's about uh smoking weed a girl that likes to smoke weed Uh, this is to all the pot smokers out there in the dummy room this one's for you
1: hey guys wonder joints
4: (laughs) (laughs) hey i don't want to i don't want to switch
2: gears too much here but I, i like the uh you covered. Uh, I don't want to get involved. Oh I thought yeah, it was, I thought it yeah, was great, we did man. do
4: that. That was fun. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know why we decided to do that, but it's a great song, and I love I love that that record. So um, yeah, 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 that that is cool. That's uh, yeah, that's on like a uh, forty five or something. We yeah, did that a while ago, but I think we did that. What's cool about that is that we did it, we recorded that song. In I think the same room that they recorded the original one or something like that. Yeah, it mm. was in ports. It was in Portsmouth somewhere. But yeah,
2: <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, where do we leave off? See you tonight.
4: like this one this one was kind of fun um uh yeah it's got another kind of uh riff this one was really influenced by another band that i love called the romantics so that you know what i like about you and talking in your sleep and so um they've got a song called got me where you want me something like that um and so this song is definitely influenced by by them with with the riff and then the the delivery um, and even like and there's a lyric called like that says she's got everything which is a song by the romantic so like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like i'm just putting in all like the, the song titles that i love and just making them <laughs> lyrics you know that that's really easy if you ever need lyrics just look at song titles from your favorite bands and there you go that's the magic yeah um <laughs> but uh yeah, I think um, uh, what what else about this song? Yeah, it's just kind of like a rocking song, um, and uh, I think that the the bridge on this one's kind of cool. I like I like playing this one live. It was it was fun, um, but yeah, I don't know anything really. What I don't know much else to say about <laughs> this one, but it was yeah, it's a fun one to play. It was it was a fun one to play. Yeah,
3: it's a great one, man. Um, what about Up, Down, up, and Around?
4: Up, Down, and Around. All right. Yeah, this was, um, well, so one of the things about this record when we recorded it, I did all the lead vocals, like, in one afternoon. So I remember, like, just, like, my voice, like, at some point was really starting to, to blow, it was blown out. And by the time we got to Up, Down, and Around, um, I, I think I was at that point where I was like, oh, man, this is getting kind of... I'm getting tired, like my voice is getting shot, but uh, but I still think it sounds okay. Like there are there have been times, like there was like I did a record uh, with the uh, my my band one of my other bands in Spain the Bulletproof Lovers, like the first the first EP that we did. There's like four songs on there. Like I went to the studio and I like ha- I had no voice at all, and like they're like, hey man, can you do the songs? I was like, I don't think so, but. If you give me, like, a bottle of whiskey, I can try, like, <laughs> so I just was, like, drinking a bunch of whiskey, and, like, it was horrible, but, I, and I, like, I don't even think it sounds like me on the, the Bulletproof Lovers thing, but, like, this was one of those moments where it was, like, okay, you gotta record all the, all the lead vocals today, because we're not gonna have time if, if, if you don't do it, you know, and uh, so we were kind of under the clock, we had to really get things done. And so I remember this was one of those songs that, like, just when I think back to the recording, uh, being like, "Oh man, I hope we can, I, we can get this sounding good." But I think, I think in the end, it was, um, it was okay. And uh, yeah, you know, this was, this was a song about, um, you know, just growing up and, and you know, uh, in Portland, and uh, you know, just the, the girls of the town just kind of driving you crazy just driving you up down and around you know <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah this is yeah that's that's pretty much i guess what that song is about but i think um i think that the there's like a cool break i, I like the chorus of, of this song too yeah, it's too. Uh, yeah it's a it's a fun it's kind of catchy you know i was just like trying to make the catchiest choruses that i could and uh and for this record i think i like most of the songs are definitely super catchy and and i really like trying to make songs that are catchy i like people to be able to remember them and and sing along and uh and with this record it was it seemed like most of the tunes definitely have like a catchy hook to it so i always try to make songs with hooks so there's a lot of hooks on this record
3: absolutely yeah i would say (laughs) the next song has the best fade out that I've ever heard on any record by anyone.
4: Oh, thank you man. Yeah, this is fucking so, beautiful, like, man. Gotta go. Mm. Yeah, dude. I think that, like, this is the last song on the record, but I think it's definitely, it's got to be probably my favorite one on the record. I love um, this song. And, uh, and yeah, the, uh, the fade out, there's just something special about the way that it worked with, um, with Andrew's backup vocals yeah. and the and the guitar sound that we got from the Leslie, Leslie amp. Yeah yeah dude like i mean it just it just ended up being like kind of the perfect way to end the record um i don't think that when we originally wrote it it was intended to be the last song but it just ended up working out perfectly because like you know we were on the move and now we gotta go somewhere else where <laughs> are we gonna go we don't know but you know um but it was the last song we're like okay we gotta go Um uh, but uh yeah I mean it's just yeah one of those it's the song is just again very straightforward in terms of um about lyrics but I always like I always love like there there's the mention of Motley Crew on, on Mind Off You I love mentioning Motley Crew in lyrics <laughs> and I also really love mentioning Sniffing Glue so like um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah I was able to I was able to get in a Sniffing Glue uh uh lyric in the last combo record so i was pretty excited about that but um but yeah this one's got a sniff i've never i've never sniffed glue uh you know but (laughs) if i did uh well it's pretty addictive so (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know but um but yeah so that's this song is uh, i think yeah one of uh one of the ones that I'm I'm definitely the most proud of of the whole whole record, and I think is a great way to close it all, out. And um, yeah, we always play we always played this one. Um, this would also I think usually be like the last song that we would we'd play live as well, because it's just a great closer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we did that until about that till the end of the band we would play "Gotta Go," and uh, and yeah, it was. Uh, it was yeah just it just seemed to work out really well with that with that fade out and that was i think i'm not sure where the fade out idea came from but we were just we just kept on playing that riff and uh we we played most of these songs all live so we did we did the drums bass and guitar all live and then we went back andrew added another um guitar part but uh the production on this record is just i think especially with gotta go the way you can hear it like um it's really badass with all the guitars coming in um and that and that's kind of owed to due in part to to justin perkins who
1: who mm-hmm. um
4: did all the engineering and and mixing and and things like that so yeah. uh so he did a great job recording the album so so yeah, that was that's uh, that's the end of On the Move. Cool. <laughs> yeah let me greatest ask you about...
3: records of all time, man.
4: Ah thank you, man.
2: L- let me ask you about the cover.
4: Yeah, the cover. <laughs>
2: Nate's favorite cover. <laughs> oh man. Oh you I like don't... it? Um no, not really, honestly. No. I
4: don't get the helicopter. Well <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean you so... got this girl and then you got this cartoon helicopter.
4: I know it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> well, so the, uh, the <laughs> it looks like she's like kind of actually looks like she farted. Yeah, but, um, like, yeah, oops. I know. It's you guys whoops. farted. Uh oh, is that uh-oh. what those
3: little clouds are from? <laughs> <laughs> the,
4: the clouds are supposed to be from the, heli- the helicopter, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it could be from anybody really. Right. it's a mystery. I'm not going to tell you who farted. i like
3: the fact that it's kind of monochromatic just the red and the white you know it's cool yeah
4: yeah no so so this was the 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 album was designed by by stefan from from stardom records and um i like i like i really like what he did with the the coloring and he was going for something like very retro like you know there's like these old um old 60s album covers that are very reminiscent of this and and then he added his his artwork and on the move being you know um, uh, we're moving around, so we're on the go. You know, <laughs> so we're in a helicopter. Right? It se- that seemed like a pretty good, you know, mode of transportation. He did re- uh, send me um, some really cool, uh, like versions of the the some ideas of the of the album, and there there was some some cool ideas that he was was working with. Um, you know, what a guy being in one of those, um, labyrinths, you know, uh, I, there's a few other, uh, things that, that he was thinking up for the album cover, but, um, like one of them was like, uh, like a small little planet. And like, we were in a car and we were falling off the planet. It was, I don't know, there's a lot of cool ideas there. Um, but in the end, uh, we just, we ended up with, with this cover. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's. It's fun for me. I like it because it's kind of retro, and I love I love his uh, his his design, and and he came up with a really cool font, and um, for the yeah. Yeah. for the leftovers, so we would use that. We we use that for a lot of stickers and things like that. It was, it was right. really cool. So, yeah,
3: I got a question about the the record in general too. So you know how like sure like to me the leftovers one of the things that makes the records always stand out is the double you know the the double snares almost oh, on yeah. every song was that uh-huh. something that you were pushing or was that adam's deal or how did that whole thing come about because it's in I almost th- every song you know what i mean i
4: know i, <laughs> I love it just, like, i think it's fucking oh, awesome thanks well you know it's like we also really like the hand claps too but yeah, that, yeah. i mean that's good but did like so that's like going back to uh the song that thing you do yeah. by the wonders yeah So like I mean we just it just kind of worked that way so it ended up being in all the tunes it's true yeah it's i mean great. like
3: But i mean um, to me like what, uh, with my band if i'm if if i tell like my drummer dude do like that leftovers beat he knows exactly what i mean you know what i mean Oh really? Yeah. Oh
4: my gosh cool. <laughs> I think it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, you know it just it comes it comes from that you know like we just and we i guess we were able to to take that kind of it's it's really got the kind of like this retro beat like bop yeah. you know but it was it just seemed to work with all the songs that we it's were great. writing and uh, and we were playing so yeah we do it all the time you know <laughs> <laughs> that's great but it, yeah I, I mean i, mean, it I think it was just one of those
3: signature sound though you know
4: yeah it was it was definitely like the sound and and adam was was really great with you know um fitting his, his drum style with the songs and, and he plays very like he has a very modern way of playing, but he also can play with this kind of influence of like the old sixties stuff too. So um yeah, I think everyone that was involved in that record just we we were at the right place musically at the time and um and all those influences just came together to make something kind of unique for what we were doing at the time and and yes I think it's still I think it's still for me like a great like example when when i'm thinking of like pop punk and the music that i i love listening to like i think for us we were really able to bridge that gap between the punk energy and then the pop influence with on the move yeah Yeah. because then eager to please was way more poppy but that was like the idea so
3: yeah i love that album too though man to me it's just as good it just a little different, you know, the guitars aren't quite it's as. It's different, gamey, yeah. But I mean it's, the songs
4: it's are different. There. I mean, at the same time too, it's like I think it's I, I I really do like when when um when bands put out albums that are different. I I mean, it's not eager to please and on the move are not like crazily different. You're not you know you're not you're not listening to a different band. Right. I mean I don't I don't like it when I when I love a band and then they put out a record that sounds nothing like what they did before, right. but you know, it's always. I think it keeps it interesting to to change it up and and use different you know you know techniques in the studio, yeah. different instruments, different arrangements. Um, yeah, you, and were, you guys were like progressing fresh, musically,
3: you know? you
5: know.
4: Yeah, I mean, you got to progress. You gotta you gotta always keep on on you know um, moving on you know with with your sound and, and building on that, or it just kind of gets stale and kind of gets boring and and. There are a lot of bands that just put out the same record all the time, and there'll be like a few great songs. But you're like, you kind of you get used to it, and you expect it. A lot of people like that because they they're not gonna be surprised. A lot of people don't like change. That's true. But um, yeah. but you know, as an artist, you know, you gotta you gotta kind of progress and try out new things and and learn from the mistakes. If you make a record that you're not happy with, and you tried some stuff that didn't work, like shit all right now i know what works and what doesn't work now i know a lot of a lot of people a lot of bands and uh and and groups are not in the situation to constantly be putting out records uh, to to learn from those mistakes sometimes but um but i i personally have been lucky enough to be be playing uh, you know with the leftovers and the other the other groups that i've been in and have the opportunity to try that out and experiment with different stuff and and i've been fortunate to, to have that as a learning experience so you know it's you always gotta you always gotta try and strive for for you know finding new grounds new territory right. in your writing and your create, creative you know style you know
3: yeah and I'm one of those people and I know Nate's the same way I mean I first you came out of my radar with the leftovers but everything you've done since I'm always interested because it's you and I know you write great songs you know what I mean so I've followed your career the whole time and uh I, I just think it's cool you're still writing songs and recording songs
4: uh, yeah, yeah thanks man yeah I mean it's just like I don't know what else I do you know I I've always I've always wanted to play in a band I've always wanted to write and record and and you know tour like that and and I I've been doing it for so long now and and I don't really have like a I don't have a backup plan really which is kind of scary <laughs> but um, but but I don't know i guess if it was if the music thing was all to like go you know go to shit i'd have to figure out something else to do but if that was to happen at least i have in my mind this the you know i'm like oh okay well you know i had a great run with with all the records that i was able to do and release and all the songs i was able to write so i'm really happy and fortunate for, for that and really um mostly i'm i'm really fortunate to have people that are still interested in hearing it and listening to it and so that means a lot to me because uh, if it wasn't for for people like you guys that are still interested in, in stuff uh that I, that i'm writing i wouldn't be being Yeah, i wouldn't be able to do this still so yeah i, mean, I really appreciate it guys
2: Right <laughs> yeah okay. Hey Kurt, I want you to take this in like in a nice way, but um, you you definitely sound like Elvis Costello quite a bit sometimes.
4: Oh sure, and, yeah, I know. And but
2: <laughs> what, I, what I what I love about it is because I like some Elvis Costello, but there's a lot of stuff I can't stand. But you're like um, you write the Elvis Costello songs that I, he never wrote, like the really good ones that I wanted him to write. Uh-huh. You seem to write them. You know, they're a little more oh, rock- right well, on. They're way more rocking, but um. Cool. You know what I mean? I like well, the early stuff, but I wish the early stuff was just a little bit more, you know, a little bit more crunchy, I guess. And
4: totally, yeah, man. I I'm happy that I'm I'm happy that you say that. That means a lot to me because I personally don't like a lot of Elvis Costello stuff either. <laughs> so like the yeah. later stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I. I a lot of people always say, oh, man, you must be the biggest Elvis Costello fan because you sound just like him. And I'm like, well, you know, actually, I do love Elvis Costello. I love, like, you know, his first few records and stuff. But um, but I'm actually more of a fan of, like, Nick Lowe or Dave Edmonds or those guys. Like, I listen to them way, way more. And they're actually more of an influence to me. But... Um, but yeah, I kind of like it's. It's interesting because I remember when the leftovers were just getting started, and we um, we had been, uh, you know, playing a little bit. It was like two thousand three or four. We had just kind of gotten started, and um, we had a chance to open for this band called Avoid One Thing, and that was um, the the bass player, of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. It was his like side project. And um, I think at that time, I kind of like maybe I knew that song Radio Radio by Elvis Costello and I liked it a lot, but I didn't own any records. I just heard it a few times, but I I was like, oh, that's that's cool. And I think subconsciously, I just kind of started trying to sing with that kind of, you know, then that kind of style. And, uh, and it, but it what I wasn't really into him at all, but it wasn't until the, the bass player for the Miami Boston, Joe, he came up to me, he's like, Hey man, like you're, he was the first person to tell me that I sounded like Elvis Costello. And from there I was like, Oh, okay, well, I guess I should like kind of get into this guy's stuff, you know? And from there <laughs> I kind of went down the rabbit hole and I, I really loved like his first few records, but, um, I, I, I dropped off and I'm really not so much into him, um, anymore i i really there are some there are some great great songs that he's written later in his career but yeah for the most part it's like i'm i'm more of like a nick lowe guy or dave edmonds but um but if if you hear the elvis costello songs that you wish you had that he had written (laughs) through me man that's that's fucking cool that's a cool compliment thanks
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i i yeah, like this year's model is like really the only record that I listened to by him. Yeah, that that I, just, I
4: mean that band that he had were they yeah. they were on fire, man. Those that drummer and the that bass player, like they're tight, dude, tight.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, Kurt, man. Thanks for hanging with us. I know you're on vacation. It means a lot to us. You uh you uh spending some time with us. So we're uh, we're, we're huge fans. And you know, next time you are available to uh, come on, hopefully you will.
4: Yeah, I, I've had a wonderful time chatting with you guys. It's been uh, probably one of the best uh, Tuesday evenings that I've spent in nice. uh, in the United States <laughs> in a long time. It's very relaxing. <laughs> I like, you know, just shooting the shit. So thank you guys. Yeah, whenever, whenever you want me to come back to the dummy room, I will be here, man. May, I mean, I might be in Spain, seven hour difference, but that don't matter. I would just love to chat with you all again.
3: Right on. All right, Thanks, Kurt. Kurt. Thanks so much, and uh keep doing what you do, man. We love it.
4: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Yep. Have safe, a good one. Safe, safe travels back to Spain, dude.
4: All right. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Hey, this is Mikey Erg and You're listening
1: to the Dummy Room.
2: All right, man. That was that was fun. Kurt's Kurt's a cool guy.
3: Yeah, the great Kurt Baker. Very nice, very nice of him to give us a little time on his damn vacation. <laughs> yeah, know? really cool. Yeah, it was cool so, to hear about all
2: that leftover shit too. You know, fuck yeah, man. That's one of our. That's one of our records. I guess we we don't get to do a like a classic album review of On the Move. That was kind of it. <laughs> yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's one of the that's one of the greats. Um, that's the that's the record that you know when you talk about the leftovers, it comes to mind and. Yeah. yeah so this past week you know i started listening back to some of his stuff you know yeah. and um i left that that on the move just went on like three or four times just oh, yeah. can't get over that record how great it is so it really is man but yeah thanks kurt for coming on and um dude we should we should just get out of here so i'll uh, i'll talk to you next week yeah
3: thanks so much everyone who listened we'll see you guys next thursday oh, style, son.
1: thanks for listening to the dummy room stay tuned next week for another fun episode have a great week bye bye